Oh, I will preach from my verse of the year 2009. And for last six months, I was tremendously blessed, encouraged, and empowered by this verse. So this is my prayer that you guys all receive the verse deep in your spirit. That's my prayer. Okay, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. Okay. If you are there, let me hear amen. amen. Is everyone there? Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. Okay, I hear amen. Okay, let's read it together with a big loud voice. Okay, one, two, three. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, <clears throat> insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay. What Apostle Paul is talking about here, in short, is power in weakness. Right? Does it make sense, guys? Power in the weakness? What kind of paradox it is? Right? How do they coexist? Aren't they the opposite ends, right? The natural people, the people in this world, they will never understand the boasting part either. Apostle Paul, he said, I will boast in my weakness. Does it make sense? In this world, weakness is a bad thing. You've got to get power and money to be successful, right? If you've got weakness, get rid of it or hide it, you know, chuck it out. That's the word says. That's a rule of the word. But what is Paul saying right now here? He's boasting. Boasting about what? His weakness, which is bad thing. And talking about your weakness, in this word, that's called complaining, or grumbling, or could be possibly counseling. You are talking about your weakness with somebody. But Paul said that he would boast about his weaknesses. Is he saying that weakness is something that is good? Something worth boasting about? If weakness is truly something that we can boast about, wow, that's a good news for us, right? So tonight we will look at this mystery of weakness. Oh, mystery of weakness, okay? Is everyone following? Okay. Everyone looks asleep, okay? Okay, follow me, okay? The first thing, whenever I think about my weakness, the first thing that comes to my mind is my personal weakness. Just physical weakness, things that I'm not good at, or just areas that I'm not talented at, or something just that you lack, right? Think about your own weaknesses. There are many. Now, on the other hand, there are some strengths too. Strengths, talents, or ability things that I can do well, right? And does everyone agree that your natural talents are from the Lord? Amen? Are they from the God? Is that right? Okay. And does everyone agree 
that you are supposed to glorify Him through those strengths that you have. Amen? Amen? Okay. What about this question then? What about your weakness? Are they simply the areas that God neglected when He made you? Things God did not choose to bless you with? That's, I think, a common misconception and a lie of the devil. God gave you a certain strength, talents, and the same God gave you certain weaknesses too. If your talents are picked by God's hands to be used for His glory, your weaknesses are also picked by His hands to be used by God. Don't just think that your weaknesses are the ones that God cannot use or God will not use. He picked those things and He put them in your system and God will for sure use them for His own glory. Remember when God called Moses in the book of Exodus to lead the Israelites? What was his response? By the way, Moses was a great leader. You know, he saw the face of God. He was called a friend of God. And he led the Israelites out of Egypt, the slavery. And then he established the foundation of the country by receiving the, you know, receiving the law from God. But Exodus 4.10, it records this, this thing. Moses said to God, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of of tongue. He just said, I'm not good at public speaking, God. You cannot use me. But he had a weakness too, the great leader Moses. But God still used him. And if you think about our worship leader, Brian, who's sitting right there, he's not a, like, musically super talented guy. Amen? (laughs) He said amen. I mean, not yet. You know? Not yet. But still, God is using him in such a mighty way. Amen? Yes. And even myself, standing up here, I'm a pastor at an English-speaking ministry. But I struggle with English. It's not my first language. It's a challenge. It's a handicap. It's my weakness. You know? However, God still put me here on the pulpit to preach in English. You know, God still used me. Why? You know what's really beautiful, beautiful about these people whose weaknesses are being used by God? They just know that it's all God. Yeah. And the people of God surrounding them, they also see that it's just God. It just cannot be them. It just cannot be me. It just cannot be Brian. cannot be Moses. It's just God. Amen? Yeah, it's just God. And I would rather listen to God speaking through a humble servant Moses than see the best speaker in Israel preach on his own. You know? I would rather be at New Philly worship service witnessing Holy Spirit leading worship through Brian than being at a concert of a musical genius doing his own thing. And God loves using the weaknesses. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And weakness is not something that you are not given. It's not. It's something given by the Lord with the purpose of glorifying His own name. But Satan will try to lie to you. He will deceive you by saying, God gave you nothing. You got no talent. God cannot use you. You are not worthy. Those lies will come to you. I hear that all the time. Even right now. But don't listen to those lies. <laughs> because he's giving you the beautiful gift of weakness as well as your strength. 
So they are together there. In this sense, weakness is no longer weakness in God's eyes. In our eyes, it could be weakness, something that I'm not good at, but in God's eyes, they're the same thing. God will use them anyways. So they will be used even in greater way, revealing that it's all Him. It's nothing to do with us. It's not our power. It's His power. Not my strength, but His strength. So revealing that it's all Him, God will surely use those weaknesses. Amen? Okay, wake up. And He can, so we now can find power in our personal weaknesses. Hmm. The second thing, to find out what Paul meant by this word weakness uh, in this particular context, Second Corinthians chapter 12, it requires us to read the chapter earlier. We've got to go back a little bit. So Paul talks about the suffering that he's been through. So let's read it from chapter 11, from 24 through 30. Chapter 11, verse 24 through 30. Okay, let's read it together. 시작. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes last one. Three times I was beaten with walls. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was achieved at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, Danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches, who is weak, and I am not weak, who is made to fall, and I am not indignant. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Right here, right here, Paul said, he would boast of the things that show his weakness. He used this word weakness here. And what he was just boasting about before he said this? The history of suffering. All those bad things that he went through, right? He was boasting about his suffering. And normally, Is that something that you boast about? Do you boast about your suffering, losing your job, like somebody's death, somebody's disease? People sometimes do after it's over, like, you know, talking about their glory days and stuff, you know, they do. But in the middle of the suffering, do they boast about those things? You know, it's also in the word called, it's counseling or like just sharing their agony. It's not boasting, you know. But how in the world is Paul boasting about them, you know? And verse 7, it gives me a clue to find the answer. It was because Paul knew where those weaknesses were coming from. Let's go to 12.7. Verse 12.7, I will read it for you guys. So to keep me from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of the revelations, A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. This is ESV, and I will read from NIV as well. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. 
So the revelation that Apostle uh, Paul is talking about is a spiritual experience. It's a supernatural experience that he had 14 years before at the beginning of his uh, ministry, before his mission trips. So his visitation to third heaven, his paradise experience, you know, it just sounds crazy. And then apparently not all the Christians, not everyone has that kind of supernatural spiritual experiences, right? And if you think about it, on top of that, if you really know Paul's noble background, you will be surprised. Let me read it from Philippines 3.5. This is a record of Apostle Paul's background. So let me read it. Circumcised on the eighth day, meaning I received circumcision long before any of Gentiles had even heard about gospel. So it's noble. Of the people of the Israel, meaning... I have the privilege of belonging to God's original chosen people, Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe blessed by the Moses as the beloved of the Lord. And the first king of Israel, Saul, came from this tribe as well. And the holy city was in its territory. So if you are from the tribe of Benjamin, you got some pride issues. You know? And a Hebrew of Hebrews. Hebrew is the term used by Jews to call themselves. So this is the summary of the first three things. Know, in regard to the law of Pharisee. It just shows that he was advanced in Judaism far beyond his contemporaries. So he was really smart. He knew tradition. He knew the law really well. This is the Apostle Paul's background. Ooh. So in short, Paul was really vulnerable to spiritual pride. Really vulnerable. Not that he was prideful, but naturally he had a lot of stuff that can stumble him in that area. And however, God in love intervened. In love, he allowed Satan to attack Paul to keep him from falling into spiritual pride issues, the sin of spiritual pride. Let me explain. And I truly believe, personally believe that spiritual pride is something that you can't ever find at church is the most scary and destructive thing, I believe. Pride is all about me. I can do it. I did it. Come to me. I will take care of it. I got it. It's all about me. And you know what you are doing by saying those things? You are robbing God's glory. You are claiming God's glory as yours. When Jesus taught us how to pray, part of the Lord's prayer goes like this. For yours is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Right? Remember, we sing this at the end of the service, right? Thine is the kingdom, that part, right? So kingdom, power, and glory. It's yours. That's the prayer that we pray. And when you pray those prayers, you are acknowledging that it is all by your power and it's all for your glory alone. All the glory to you. Right? It's all His. And God uses a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, and the witness to protect us from robbing His glory. In other words, having spiritual pride. Do you guys understand? He's trying to protect us from robbing his glory by being prideful in our hearts. 
And in verse 10, Paul clearly said again that he's talking about the weakness that are sent by God's permission, such as insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. So if you look at the whole chapter, of, chapter 11 and 12, the thorn in the flesh and the weakness that Paul is talking about and the messenger of Satan and the insults, hardship, persecution, and calamities, they are all referring to the same thing. The God allowed temptations. God allowed um, hardships. Is everyone with me? Okay. And before you say God is cruel, before you say that God is so not loving, let's remember King David and what he went through. Um, he was tormented by King Saul and his own son, chasing after to kill him. Right. And let's remember Job, Job, not Job, Job, who was harassed severely, severely, severely by Satan, losing all he had. He lost his wealth, family, and health. Is God really cruel? Is he not loving? Yet God activates this sending witness remedy under his sovereignty and under his authority over Satan and for our own good. We really need to understand this part. Getting hit by devil, it doesn't mean that we are defeated by them. Amen? Yes. Getting tempted, it doesn't mean that we are defeated. A witness coming from God's permission is also a loving gift. You need to understand this because they come to keep us from things even worse than that. Romans chapter 5 through two, 3 to 4, it says, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. We do have hope in suffering. Amen? Mm. Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, God has a good purpose. God has a good purpose in our sufferings. Amen? Amen. Mm. And Hebrews 12.10, For they, meaning the earthly fathers, disciplines us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he, meaning God, our Heavenly Father, disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. Our Heavenly Father, He's not going to let us to be spoiled, prideful, robbing His glory, and thinking it's our power. He's not going to leave us like that. He will discipline us with fatherly love and take us from glory to glory. And the thorn will, of course, it will hurt us, the thorn in the flesh will, will hurt us, yet we can still boast about it because we know the purpose of it and the good will that lies in it. What a loving gift it is. And the third thing, there is a weakness that all humankind share together, and I would just call it human weakness. Have you seen a small gospel track uh, that's called The Four Spiritual Laws? Have you seen one of those? In Korean, it's Sayongni. Have you seen one of those? Raise your hands if you have seen. Okay. That's called Sayongni, Four Spiritual Laws. That's what CCC uses, I guess. Right? And a lot of people use it as an evangelism tool. And 
Um, it has a basic gospel story with uh, Bible verses in it and illustrations, little pictures in it. And my roommate back in college, she used it to evangelize me, and it was a success. So, <laughs> yeah, the second law, it shows you this picture. I just drew it. Um, picture, this picture, and the verse, Romans 3.23. Am I holding it right? Okay. Okay, Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, everyone sinned. So no one is righteous. None is holy. And no matter how hard you try, you try to go to God. You know, you try to go up. You try to reach God's glory, but you all failed. You just failed reaching to Him. That's the ultimate weakness that we all have. We are just not able to save ourselves from sin and then death. We are not able. And we are not able to break the yoke of slavery to sin on our own. It's never, never possible. And when we were so weak and so helpless, when we couldn't reach him, no matter how much we tried, we just couldn't. But in that weakness, Jesus Christ's power was made perfect in our weakness through the cross. And 2 Corinthians 13.4, it says, For he was crucified in weakness, believes by the power of God. When Jesus was hung on the cross, the most powerful thing in the history happened right there. Redemption. Atonement. Truly, God's power was made perfect in that weakness. Therefore, we also find the saving grace, saving power, sin-breaking power at the cross, a place of death penalty, a place of humility. We talked about personal weaknesses, things that I'm not good at, and God allowed weaknesses. There was persecutions coming, hardships coming, and our human weakness, we cannot just reach Him. In all of them, now we know power and weakness is not just paradox anymore. It is the wisdom of God that he used in mighty, mighty way. Our weaknesses exist for the display of divine power. When we see that oh, it's all for God and all by God, then we are standing at a place of humility, knowing that God, you've got to be exalted, and me staying low. God magnified but we are small. That's the place of humility. And the humility absorbs grace. It just soaks up the grace. In verse 9, God said, My grace is sufficient. It's enough for you. It's more than enough. It's always available. It's open. It's always open. So when we are humble before Him, before His throne, we just go there and soak up the grace. We just soak it up. However, grace is offensive to the word. The word has rejected the grace. Why? The word, they put everything above God, up everything above him. God is at, down there. Humility, that's a foolishness. That's a foolish thing. You've got to be at the top, you know, cover up your weakness, hide them, get rid of them. The word hates the word humility. And this word, full of arrogance, will never ever embrace grace. It will never embrace gospel. 
humility that we have is the treasure that only the chosen people can find, can reach, those who can boast about our weaknesses. My prayer tonight is really simple. It is for us to be the greatest consumer of the grace, the open door of grace, to have that access to grace all the time, and to be the greatest consumer. Use it again and again and again. And our vision is to be a mighty warriors, right? Mighty warriors. And mighty warriors are simply the ones who rely on the grace to rowly, who know that limitless power, where that power, the source of power is lying at. It's not in us. It's in God. And knowing that we are weak, but God is almighty, and his power is just limitless. So let us rejoice and give thanks and endure and just pray in those hardships coming, in those waitings, in our weaknesses, we gotta just worship, rejoice, and give thanks. Endure and pray. And there's nothing wrong with praying for relief from it, but let the Lord be the Lord. Let God be God. And just pray in trust that He's in control. And let us boast in weakness like Apostle Paul because he knows that there is the true power of God in our weaknesses. Amen? Father God, we thank you for your grace. Father, thank you that you gave us, gave us these weaknesses, oh Father God. Not only the strengths that we have, oh Lord, we rejoice, we rejoice, we give thanks, oh Lord God, we endure in our weaknesses, oh Father. Father God, the things that are, we are not good at, the things that we want to hide, oh Father, we will boast all the way more, Father Lord God, knowing that your strength will come upon it and your grace will cover it, oh Father. And Jesus, we will rise up as a mighty warriors, oh Father God, not worrying about our little power, but Jesus, your divine power will come upon us and you will empower us, oh God. Father God, I just pray for this church, O oh Lord, to rise up as a mighty warrior, O oh Lord God, relying on your power so rowly, O oh Lord, relying on your grace only, O oh Father, knowing that, acknowledging that we are weak, O oh Father, but in that weakness, O oh Father, you will fill us up with your own power, God. And Jesus, that's our prayer that all our days, oh Lord God, all, all throughout our lives, oh Father, knowing that, understanding that when we are humble before you, oh Lord God, when we are low and small before you, oh Lord God, you will come and you will truly empower us, encourage us, rise up. You are mighty and you will call us mighty with the power that we have in you, oh God. Thank you, Father God, that you went through so much Jesus, you went through so much, oh Lord God. In your, in your weakness, oh Father God, the wisdom of God, the power of God was made complete. It was made perfect, oh Father. We thank you for your cross, oh Lord, and your cross in your blood, in your, oh Lord God, in your presence, oh Father. There is limitless power that we can rely on, Lord. Jesus, it will never, it will never run out, oh Father. We worship you for this power, Oh, we worship you, Lord God, that you are the God of grace. 
Oh, Lord, thank you, Father God, that your grace is sufficient, more than enough. It's always there, oh, Lord. And Jesus, help us to be the greatest consumer in this world, oh, Father, using your glory, using your grace, oh, Father, from glory to glory, oh, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your precious and mighty name we pray. Amen.